hello, and welcome to the Cinema Lounge. I am your host, Garrett, uh, and I really just want to get out right now. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Cinema Lounge. My name's Garrett. I already said that. I, I, I don't really care. My audio might be a little screwy, and the setup is a little screwy because I'm recording on my webcam on my camera as opposed to my camera because... My, my handheld camera because it decided it wanted to die today. So, we're recording on the webcam. This is my co-host, Clay. Say hi, Clay. What's good? And today we are talking about Get Out, thus the very crappy pun. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just yep. saw it. Uh, my first time, Garrett's second. It is my second time seeing this. Um, first time... For both of us to see it in theaters, we went and saw it tonight, Wednesday nights, um, about what three, four hours ago. It has taken us about two hours to get this setup working because technology refuses to work. Um, yeah. So, uh, what did you think about it? Just general thoughts to start off with. Yeah, I gave it a what I say nine. Uh, yeah, you nine said it was a 10. solid nine. Honestly, thinking about it a little bit more, I'd bump it down to an 8. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, Why is that? I felt like the pacing felt a little off for some parts of the movie. I mm -hmm. felt like some of the humor that was added in there was just kind of tacked on. But for the most part, it was a really great movie. I enjoyed it. I got scared. Me and Garrett were... Uh, <laughs> watching it in a theater by ourselves and I had to actually get up and pace around for a little bit when it got intense but I had a fun time with it um good movie I don't really know as much about like you know the cinematography stuff as like Garrett does and everything but um I had fun with it I uh, enjoyed the message of the movie um one of my big problems with it was it was really predictable I kind of predicted like everything about it except the final twist are we talking spoilers yeah i mean okay so we're, we're gonna be talking the only thing that i didn't predict was that they were like um putting like the white people inside like their like consciousness inside mm -hmm. um what's the main actor yeah daniel kaluuya the character's yeah. name was chris i didn't know they were like transferring consciousnesses like between people pretty much everything else I uh, predicted. Well, Garrett did ruin did a big ruin part it. of the movie I'm for me. When uh, he, he... So, Georgina, like, the main maid girl, mm. and then, like, the groundskeeper guy, I had no idea that that was her grandma and grandpa. And Garrett was like, yeah, bro, that's her grandma and grandpa. And I was like, what? See, but anyway, other than that, I enjoyed it. See, okay... I didn't think I spoiled it because I thought they had already spelled it out for you, so I thought you already knew. So I, I, that's why I said that. But I'm that's just, not like I'm just the, slow, bro. That's not that wasn't like the big <laughs> twist though, so I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, no, I, I mostly agree with uh, a lot of what you said. Um, I was gonna interject and say something, and now I completely, it completely, uh, I, I lost my train of thought on it. But, oh, there goes my refrigerator. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. And going to a theater, that's what I, I remember what I was going to say. Going to a theater when you were the only two people in the theater 
is a great experience. Yeah. In my opinion, I've I've done it a few times where I'm it's either me or me and a friend we go to see a movie by ourselves and there's no one else in the theater because pretty much theater etiquette does not apply and it's a lot more fun that way. Yeah. This was my first time in a theater in over a year, so it was, you know, a little different than watching it on HBO on the TV here, but yeah. It was fun. I, I miss it, you know, getting hyped up for, you know, movies that you're looking forward to. But Yeah, yeah. There's just something about a theater experience that I think, A, I focus on the movie more. And, B, it just, like, there's a different vibe than when you're watching something at home. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Definitely it, a lot, you know, less distractions. Mm-hmm. See, I... I don't think the movie was that predictable. Going back to... Like, I understand where you were saying you predicted that... What what were you saying was predictable again? I was pretty much predicting that they were, like, making these black people, like, their hypnosis slaves, Mm. pretty much. I pretty much predicted that the girlfriend was going to be in on it. I don't know, just the way everybody spoke, it was extremely, like... I don't know. I could just tell, you know. Yeah, so I would agree, like, going back through it again, the girlfriend reveal was a bit predictable. I think they were trying to keep you on your toes leading up to that, but I I don't know if it was supposed to be this big revealing twist, because in the moment, you pretty much already knew she was in on it. Yeah. Um, But the whole, like, the white people, uh, you know, trying to hypnotize the black folks and like that's what they were utilizing i think pretty much as soon as that was introduced it wasn't like a ooh, we're hypnotizing black people it was just kind of all right we know they're hypnotizing it but what for you know so i think the big twist was the one you weren't expecting so you know i i can i can understand like that feeling that plot point feeling a bit predictable because it's pretty much laid before you as this is definitely a sinister thing but Oh, I dropped something. One of the things that I didn't get actually is like the opening scene of the movie mm-hmm. when that guy's abducted. Yeah. And then later when they're at the dinner party, I had no idea that was the same guy. They See, did, I, I remember, did not catch yeah. up on that. I remember thinking that the first time I watched it, I remember going, oh, okay, I don't know who that is. Because clearly when he turns around, it's supposed to be like, oh, you're supposed to recognize him. But he's so different from when you see him before because when you see him before he's kind of got uh this like not necessarily hipster look i don't i don't think he was wearing uh what are they fleece jackets or some you know you know what i'm talking about right like kind of what you got on your chair uh he's kind of wearing more of like a hipster look uh facial hair and then when you see him again it's just like you know colonial type look he's acting like an old dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, yeah, going back through it the second time, since I knew that's who it was, it was a bit more obvious, and because I know the actor more, uh, because this was the first time I had seen Lakeith Stanfield, who I think is a very un- very underrated actor. Um, but now that I've seen him in more stuff, notably he was in uh, Sorry to Bother You, which I watched for the first time a couple weeks ago. And he was in... Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which released last month. So I, 
I'm more familiar with his face, so I can kind of go, oh yeah, I know who that is. Uh, but I, you know, if he's an unknown actor, it's going to be really hard to tell the difference between longer hair, uh, kind of. He was kind of hunched over too, uh, with the facial hair, talking a bit more of in like a modern sense. Uh, you know, it, and then contrasting with he's clean shaven. You don't really see his hair. He's wearing the sun hat and he's talking like someone who was born in the 50s or 60s. So I, I understand kind of the confusion of that was supposed to be a reveal, but you don't really understand who that is um, yep. until it, until uh, Rod spells it out for you. But that opening scene, I think, worked really well because you didn't really know what was happening. You know, going in, it was going to have something to do with race and black people and white people. Yeah, but later on in the movie, I did catch on that... You know, like the jiu-jitsu stuff. I did, like, when he was doing, like, holds and all that. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, he was probably one that got, or that abducted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The brother? Yeah. Yeah. The psycho brother, yeah. Dude, he he played that character really well. I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. He was in, I think, Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's a really good cast in here. He looks a lot like that Theon guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, what's that dude's name? Ooh, I don't remember. Yeah, he looks a lot like that dude. But what happened after that opening scene? Now it just kind of goes to him and his apartment. Yeah, yeah, the very tiny apartment. Yeah, I honestly love that dude's. I love that dude's dog. That, that was a cute cockapoo. <laughs> was that what that was? I'm pretty sure it was a cockapoo, or something like that. I don't know. Know, it was an know. adorable dog. Yeah, he wasn't like too big, one too small. But anyway, yeah, that's my per- that's my dream dog. It's just a dog that isn't like huge that it could kill me, or and it's not like super small to where I could step on it. Yeah, Alfie Allen. That was the name of the actor from yeah. Play Theon. Um, but so, yeah, when, as soon as they get to that like colonial looking house, I was like, this is you know, it, not going to be good. It does a really good job of kind of building this eerie uneasy tone yeah because just everything feels off like even just the initial the initial greeting uh when the dad hugs him and he just goes what's up my man yeah <laughs> you know, it's just it's super white but in like a very foreboding uneasy way yeah and i mean you were just watching chris stuckman's review of the movie and where he said that jordan peele uh, wanted to make a movie that kind of recreated his uneasiness when he's in a room when he's the only black person. That's not really something you can kind of. Uh, when when you when I think about that, I was just like, I never even kind of process that, and you know it, it. It's an experience that certain people have that you kind of get to experience. I guess in this movie where he act, I feel like you know, I'm saying this as someone who's never experienced, but I feel like he accurately depicts that feeling because the entire movie you are so distrustful of every single white person in that movie, and then the black people who are acting, I guess white or who who have already had the brain surgery, you know, you feel uneasy around them. It's just everyone's kind of looking at you and looking or looking at Daniel Kaluuya's character. And he just really does a good job of developing that uneasy feeling of everyone's looking at me. Everyone knows that I'm different. 
and they're they're just singling me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie had a really good balance of, okay, let's be a horror thriller, and then also let's make a statement. Yeah. It didn't go... It didn't go too far that way, and it definitely didn't go too far, you know, that yeah. way. It had a really good balance of, you know, keeping it at its identity, so. Yeah, it it definitely, like, it's a good horror thriller movie without this, the message anyways, but it integrates the message so naturally to where it doesn't, like, it's not so beating you over the head. Because I, I, I had heard somewhere the original ending was where... The cop came in, came in instead of Rod and shot uh, Chris at the end of the movie rather than Rod coming in saving Chris and they drive off. And I feel like they chose the right ending because I feel like just a white cop randomly showing up and shooting Chris would have driven the statement too far to where it has gone from very intelligently integrated into the story to beating you over the head just just with one change I plus think. we got the great line of oh what do you say <laughs> he, he, he said, said how'd you find me rod i'm the t-s mother f-n-a <laughs> we get things handled he says consider this handled let's go <laughs> yeah. no yeah we'll talk about the ending later but what so so yeah i, I was kind of cool with everything in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. when the father um, I forgot his name now, but he, I did not recognize him because I am used to him looking like the guy from Billy Madison, mm-hmm. like the bad guy in Billy Madison. So I was like, whoa, that's that guy. And then it's got Percy Jackson's mom from, uh, Lightning Thief or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so wow. kind of recognized some actors and they started like act, asking like, bro, do, like, do you smoke and stuff? And mm-hmm. like, they just started like being really passive aggressive you know yeah and then where the movie got really real for me is whenever he's well i guess at dinner whenever you meet the brother that's really weird like you sent some tissue but i feel like the really one like the movie like picks up is whenever he goes downstairs and you see like the streaking um he wasn't streaking he was fully clothed no no it was it was the girl running through like the kitchen you know what i'm saying the maid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like, little, little jump scare, and then he goes out to smoke, and then the groundskeeper, which you later find out is the his girlfriend's grandpa, yeah. transferred into this black man's body. He just starts sprinting at him like that dude from uh, Terminator 2, yeah. just like knife dude. hands. I freaking, like, the way he runs is so funny, but so weird, it's almost frightening, especially yeah. when he's running right at the camera. Oh, he's like... I gotta mimic this real quick. No, do not mimic that. You're gonna be a meme. Like, he's running like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's cringy. Like, he pops out, like, behind a tree and then just starts full sprinting at this Mm. dude. And then he turns around, sees Janina Mm. in the window. And then he goes inside. And Percy Jackson's mom, (laughs) she's sitting there. And that scene where he first gets hypnotized is really, really good. I'm, I'm going to go back to the guy running, too. You were watching Chris Stuckman's video, and I'm going to I'm gonna respond to one of his criticisms where that he said that scene made no sense. Yeah. Where the guy was just running at him for a jump scare. And it, it was probably used for that, but the way I kind of interpreted it, especially a second time around, this is an old guy possessing a younger body, more athletic body, 
so it to me it just seemed like he, he was either doing like a test run or if he had been in that body for a while he's just going hey i can run now so he's just doing that now when he thinks people are asleep i think he might have also wanted to scare him a little bit just a know? little bit yeah just to make him a little uneasy <laughs> yeah definitely but the the hypnotization scene whenever daniel um i can't get his last name down Kaluya. Kaluya. Yeah, when Daniel Kaluya, he just sitting there, and that was a really good scene when he came, when he forced those tears out, you know? Dude. Oh, and my god. talking gosh. about his mother, and he's scratching the chair. Yeah. In really that scene, he went from going going to, from, like, relative unknown actor, who's pretty solid, to, like, just yeah. amazing. Like, that's, that, I think that's what put him on the map for it. Yeah. Where, I mean, I loved him in Sicario, mm. obviously. Black Panther was, yeah, Black Panther was after this. It was after this. And he was really, like, you know, I, I don't know, you haven't seen it yet, but Black, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, he was really good in it. He just yeah. he just won a Golden Globe for it. And he was in that movie um, about him and the girl, they, like, run away. Oh. King and... King, or is it Queen and Slim or King yeah, and Slim? Yeah, Queen and Slim. Queen That's and Slim. what it is. Yeah. I've been wanting to see that, but... It looks solid, yeah. He's good in that. But th- that scene where it, like, it's not one of those normal crime scenes where it's, you know, like, I'm sad, and I'm experiencing emotions. It's literally, like, tears are coming out of his eyes, and he doesn't understand why. You know, yeah. it's like a repressed memory, but he's he's almost being forced to remember it. So it's like, he's experiencing the mo- emotions of that moment, but he's also just like, what is happening? I, like, I don't know why this is happening to me. It, it's such a perfect balance of uh, grief, dri- like, terror, and confusion. Yeah, and I feel like very few actors can pull that kind of stuff off. It was definitely, uh, you know, when the mother started asking like super invasive questions, like where were you at when your mom died, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff, when she was, you know, hypnotizing him. But uh, yeah, that's really where the movie picked off for me. And then he wakes up in the bed, and I'm just like. That definitely happened. That was not just a dream, you know. Yeah. And that gets confirmed the next morning whenever he approaches the groundskeeper and he's like, "Oh, I hope I didn't scare you with my exercise last night." It's like, no, dude, you were sprinting at me, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And I didn't pick up on this at the time, but he was talking like a seventy-year-old man. Yeah, that's you know? like I noticed going through it the second time. I, I was sitting there going, "Oh shoot!" Like that's so clearly the grandpa because he's just talking like you know. You whip, whippersnapper, you know, that kind. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I just thought, like, oh, he's just... Weird, quirky writing. He's just talking like a weird white guy, you know what mm, I'm saying? I yeah. didn't catch the the grandpa thing, you know? But obviously the grandpa wasn't really introduced before. It was just like, oh, like a it, passive... It was like, kind of alluded to where she said that, or uh, all, Mr. All, I think it's like Altred? Armitage, that's what it is. Yeah. Where Mr. Armitage was basically going, oh yeah, those two were here to take care of my grand, uh, my parents before they passed. And it was just kind of a slight illusion of, they they came here before my grandparents died, and then we put my grandparents into them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you caught that line. Um, but I thought, I thought just the script was so well put together because there was that just those slight hints where you go through a second time and you just go, Oh, you know, you, you, you connect the dots and it's like so clear and obvious to you, but because the end reveal is something that's so 
out there, you don't consider it as a something that's possible to happen in the movie. Like, it'd be one thing if, you know, the hypnosis thing was the big twist. Well, you already knew it. Or the girlfriend being a bad guy. Well, you you yeah. kind of already felt it out. And they kind of trick you with these small minor twists. And then the big reveal is something you just didn't even consider. Yeah. Um, geez, what happened after that? Did all the people arrive? Uh, yeah, he... I think he stayed the night once. Uh, texted Rod, who getting his dog drunk and yeah, then rod was great man he he was in the movie there might have been one scene where it was like oh don't go comedy right here you know keep yeah. it like you know thriller but for the most part when he came in he mm. was he was hilarious and he was really good at like being like oh i can breathe now yeah Stuff where there's like, that, like this know? intense stuff happening and you're you're just like feeling so uneasy he kind of he's kind of he's put in at really well-placed spots in the movie where it just provides a little bit of levity. Or you're just, like, on the edge of your seat. You're kind of, you know, holding your yeah. chair. And then suddenly he pops up and you just kind of get to take a breath a little bit. Like the one call where he goes upstairs at the party and Janina had, like, unplugged his phone. Mm. And he plugs back in and calls him. It's like, okay, yeah. You know, I can yeah. breathe a little bit. But yeah. the party... Also, that phone charged really quickly. Typically, if your phone's dead, you Shit. plug it in takes a second to kind of boot back up you can't just plug it in and immediately make a call but that's a nitpick yeah but i really enjoyed the dinner like party and everything man like when they first got there like you said he approaches the first guy that had been abducted he's like hey what's up man you know, mm. what are you doing <laughs> like yeah and then he realizes it's him later and calls rod about it kind of a funny interaction there where he just walks up and goes Hey, what's up, man? It's good to see another brother up here. And then he turns around and goes, Ah, yes. Uh, it is very well that there is another person of God. You know, like, yeah. just the stark difference between the way they talk. Also, yeah. I don't think Chris kind of spoke like that up till that point, which I thought was an interesting touch. Like, he yeah. obviously didn't talk like all the other older white people, but he just kind of... I don't know, he, he talked just kind of a normal I don't know I don't normal's not the right word but he just talked in a very different way I suppose or it's just kind of he talks like we're talking now where it's kind of casual but not it's just kind of whatever he comes to his mind and then when he approaches this guy like I don't and granted he doesn't interact with any other black people in the movie but even when he approaches the groundskeeper it's not like hey what's up brother you know I don't I don't know what if that was an intentional thing or yeah, just something... I just think he was feeling a little bit more at home. Yeah, know, surrounded by all those white folks, but yeah, it, it was almost like he he might have had a connection there, yeah. right? Looking back on it, it is kind of crazy how I didn't get it, but when they were all like feeling his arms and stuff, yes, and uh, one old guy who was like on a crutch, he was like, "Let me see your golf swing, so he yeah. could go play golf." You know, yeah, I was it's like, like, "I'm going to inhabit this black man's body so I can." work on my golf game and maybe beat yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. And then the one scene, I actually really enjoyed the scene with um, the blind guy. Mm. I didn't think he was a horrible person. You know, I really he, enjoyed what he was saying. They made a point to make him different because everyone else he interacted with, you know, the golf guys go, the golf swing old guys like, oh yeah, and I know Tiger. He's really <laughs> good. Or, uh, 
He's like, yeah, man, I love golf. You ever heard? I like Tiger Woods. Love I like that guy. Tiger Woods. You know, the dad's like, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Or yeah. the lady feeling him up is like, wow, you, 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 uh, your genetics make you so athletic, or something like that. And then the other guy was like, black is in fashion now. And then he goes and talks to this guy, and he comes off relatively normal. It's just. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I just really like art. I know I like your work. Like, he's a lot more personable with him. Yeah. They tried so hard to make him feel comfortable, but really they just, you know, were oh. really saying, like, pretty racist stuff. And, yeah, they, like, like overcorrected. I feel like that's a common thing that's not really addressed. Is just there are people who are so uncomfortable with, like, being racist that they try very hard to not be racist. Yeah. Which ends up making them come off more racist. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, they don't want to be perceived as racist by this black person. So we're going to overcorrect and pretty much try to say every, anything that makes them like us. And that's, you would have been more, you would have been, you know, sounded less racist if you didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But one of the first scenes where I was like, this is crazy, was when... Um, he walks up the stairs, and as soon as he gets upstairs, everybody downstairs just like on a dime, stop. Just absolute very silence. Yeah. Making, I think they were making sure that he didn't walk into like that room. They were trying to figure out like where he was going, you know, because they were mm. all just there to butter him up and see if they wanted to pay for him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I think maybe they were getting curious, or it, it might have also just been. Sure, they were there to socialize, but he goes upstairs and is like, "All right, he, he, they're there clear. for the auction." Yeah, they're there for him or to see if he's a suitor. You know. Yeah, but it was, it was really creepy. Yeah, and I, I would describe the whole movie as just really eerie and uncomfortable. Like for me, it didn't necessarily scare me or like make my skin crawl. It was more just like an uneasy feeling, you know. Yeah. Um. But it's really effective in what it's shooting for. Yeah. Uh, but after that, he finds the unplugged phone. There's the scene, his interaction with Georgina. Oh, we missed a big part. What? Where he takes a picture of him, and he freaks out. I thought that was later. No, I think that's at that dinner party before he goes upstairs. I thought he interacted with Georgina, uh, goes downstairs, oh, and then yeah, takes that might have been it. You know, I think both of those scenes worked really well because I think I, if it's in that order, it builds off of one another. So he has the interaction with Georgina, and you can kind of just see like Georgina, and then whoever I I don't know who the real Georgina is, but you know the two per the two people within this body kind of in conflict as the old lady is trying to fight to stay in control. Uh, and then the next scene is the flash and suddenly he just completely breaks uh, and comes after him yelling the title of the movie Get Out <laughs> yeah I interpreted that as the original guy's consciousness coming back to him and mm. he's telling Daniel to get the crap out of Dodge Yeah. and, and leave I think you took it a little differently yeah, I, the way I kind of and this was in the moment with me knowing what the twist was you knew I, what the twist was when you watched the movie? No, no, no. Like the second time, oh. when I was watching it, I kind of, I kind of had this idea of what he was saying by Get Out, which was, since 
they, they kind of describe the process of they only leave the stem of the brain and a little bit of the bottom of the brain, which is pretty much enough for them to maintain consciousness uh, and stay connected to all the other nerves in their system. So they don't, the body doesn't completely die. Um, so to me, it's like, I don't know if he would have, he would be able to just go, all right, I'm going to identify this guy. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to just tell him to leave. I think it was almost just like it snapped and just his, the, like the feeling of his consciousness was, I want this person out of my body. So it was almost like he was forcing, trying to force that person out. But it, but here's why I think he was telling him to get out is because the grandpa and the other guy's body, mm. that guy like regained control of his body, killed yeah. Rose, and then shot himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, you know, I mean, I don't know. It can go both ways, but I think he was telling Daniel to leave. leave. Yeah. But I don't know. That was a very good scene. And then after uh, Percy Jackson's mom like rehypnotizes him. And then this is probably one of the, my favorite scenes of the movie after that was the auction. That, mm. Dude, that was crazy. Couldn't it? completely silent. Huh? It, it, like completely silent in its building. All you see is uh, Armitage holding up the finger. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the dad's like, yo, let's go play bingo. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel's just talking to Rose somewhere else. They're doing a silent auction. And the music during mm. that auction is like so mm. intense, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You know, like, this is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you finally see that, uh, uh, what's his face? Wins the auction or whatever. Yeah. To uh, transplant himself. Should I call him Steven Root? Yeah. If I don't remember the name of the character i just go with the name of the but actor yeah. and if i don't know the name of the actor honestly honestly like if you don't know rose is bad one of the best scenes in the movie is whenever he's talking to her about his mom mm-hmm. when he's like i was watching tv when she was bleeding out on the street and i could have saved her you know, yeah she and you could just see how like torn up he was and he was just ready to get the crap out of there at that point he was ready to leave you mm-hmm. know he yeah. was tired of these creepy people and people touching him and Oof. Asking him his golf swing and stuff, you know. Such an uncomfortable just thought of you go to a party and everyone's looking at you. Everyone's just going like, you know, feeling your muscles or going like, so how's your golf swing? I also, when we go to stuff like that, we look like everybody. Yeah. When he goes to that, he doesn't look like everybody. He, he feels like he's just, you know. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's also like, because there were a at least one other black guy there I don't think it was just like skin color it's also behavior you know no one acts like him no one there's only one other guy who looks like him and that person doesn't act like him yeah you know so it's kind of just he's got one lifeline and that's on his phone to rod you know yeah and when that becomes threatened he kind of freaks out a little bit yeah like that that's his one ticket of connection yeah, don't to my phone. Yeah. But, and I think the reason that it works too uh, is not, like, obviously it's specifically addressing a race thing, but I think a lot of people can, maybe not to that extent, relate to going to a grant gathering and not, like, feeling like you fit in, you know? Because I, I feel like I, 
especially this past, like the past couple of years, I've developed a little bit of a social anxiety. You know, if I'm in a group of people and I don't know them that well, I'm just kind of standing around. And I just, you know, I yeah, I feel and that so can be out of with place. people that look like you. Imagine if mm. you have a completely different culture than mm. all the people around yeah. you. Too. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. yeah, if I I'm trying to think of like if I went somewhere out of state, you know to go to college and it's just people who aren't in any way shape or form like me i would feel completely out of place yeah. and you know and it, the movie does a really good job of making you making you feel his alienation you know yeah um what happens after that the auction happens which was a really good scene then they go back upstairs and he starts talking to rose mm. And he's like, hey, we gotta get the crap out of here. He's like, I'm tired of being here. I'm leaving. You can come with me if you want. Yeah. If not, I'm, you know, leaving. Yeah, and then... They're packing up. He finds the box. Dude, and I was... That's a great reveal, too, because that's not something you think of either. Like, you, you think she's in on it, but... Yeah. Like, it doesn't... You don't process the fact that she's the... She's, like, the agent who's going out and spotting, like hitting marking different targets yeah like it's not he's not the only one that she's targeted yeah. and he's going through the pictures and then you see georgina and the groundskeeper and you're like oh crap like these were all her victims yeah so this wasn't a one-time deal and garrett can attest i was kind of freaked out by something that happened before that and i was like standing up scared and i was like pacing <laughs> and then he finds this box and it's just all these pictures of her and just boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend. And then you see the groundskeeper mm. as her boyfriend. And it's like, what the heck? And then you see... Uh, Georgina. Georgina. It's like, what? what? Like, these were all her marks. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, Grant, like, it makes sense that uh, her brother ain't going out doing it. He's very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, her brother would. I feel like if they sent him out there, it'd just be like... He'd, like, come up with a bad... He'd be like, yo, bro, you know jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's constantly just, I want to fight you, bro. <laughs> uh, you want to wrestle? You want to wrestle? Then he had the, uh... Oh, what's the sport called? The sport where you have the ball and then, like, the, the stick with the nets. Uh, lacrosse. Lacrosse. He has the freaking lacrosse stick when he goes yeah. down the stairs, just casually, like, holding a lacrosse stick. Dude, and then they go downstairs, and he's sitting down there at the base. You mm-hmm. see Mr... Armitage or whatever I think Armitage. come up look really creepily into the fireplace see his mom come see the brother come and he's just sitting there at the front door and you know he's not getting out of this and Rose is just like fidgeting fidgeting with these keys and he's mm-hmm. like Rose give me the keys and then, like a yeah. couple minutes ago they say Rose give me the keys yeah. and then he finally breaks and, he's like, and he like yells Rose Give me the keys. And at this point, he knows he, she's in on it. It's you know what I mean? pretty obvious. Like, he's just saying this that, out of frustration that... Like, hey. he just... He wants to get out of there more than anything right yeah. now. So, and the only thing he can do is just yell at her to give him the keys. And then she just grabs him, looks straight at him, like, loses all the emotion that she had, mm-hmm. drops the act completely. She's like, you know, I can't yeah. do that. Like, I love that moment where he's just like, Rose, give me the keys. And there's just a little... She's, like, fidgeting around more, and he just goes... Rose, are you going to give me the keys? And she just, like, completely goes from, like, uh, anxious and freaking out to just stone-faced and pulls yeah. out the keys and goes, you know, I can't give you the keys. That was really good. Such a good moment. Yeah, that was really good. And then he, like, tries to attack the dude, and then she just hits the cup, and he just falls. Yeah. You know? 
yeah, I don't trust old white ladies with yeah. teacups anymore <laughs> because of yeah. that. That was, that was good. Mm. And then they take him, what, down to the basement? Down to the basement. He was like, like, at the beginning, he was like, oh, we don't go in that room. It's got black mold in there. I love it. Specifically black mold. That reminds me of the Key and Peele's Black Ice sketch. You know that one? I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's, I, would, I would look it up. It's so funny. Where it's pretty much, it's a news report, and they're talking about black ice. Which is, uh, I think it's a condition where it's ice that you can't see, so you're not aware of. And it's a lot more dangerous to drive on roads with black ice because uh, you don't know it's there. So I think maybe it gets its name because you can't see it, so you just think it's asphalt. Yeah. Um, But it it reminds me of that black ice sketch because it's uh, where they're doing the report and they say... But be aware, drivers, there's black eye. <laughs> like, they emphasize black, and then they yeah. go to the weatherman who's uh, played by Keegan-Michael Key, and he just goes, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. go to the ground where Jordan Peele just goes, yeah. It's always what surprising the that white Jordan snow? Peele did this, you know, it a is, good thriller like this. Yeah, like, all any of these actors that are kind of known for their comedic bits, then they go for these drama horror uh either like acting roles or directing because john krasinski did quiet place Mm -hmm. and what he was known for was jim in the office you know this goofy troublemaker and suddenly he's making a really effective uh family drama horror movie and then you think of like jim carrey he he's known for the mask and ace ventura and the Grinch, and then suddenly, I think 2002, he has this movie that he stars in called Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I think. It's just this really serious drama, and he does, I haven't seen it, but I've heard he does like an amazing job in it. But it, it's kind of funny how that, how these actors try out, try out like off-brand yeah. uh, roles. But the next couple scenes of the movie are really good when he's down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And they turn the TV on for him, um, you know, for him to get hypnotized more. They're like explaining what's about to happen to him. And then finally, the blind guy comes on the TV and he's like, he's like explaining to him what's about to happen. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to transfer my conscious into your body. Like he's so casual about it. Yeah. He's probably, like, the most interesting character in that, because everyone else seems just kind of so straight-laced of, you kind of know where they lie, where every other white person in this movie is just casually racist, and they're specifically targeting black people. And uh, Chris is just, I want to get out of here, I don't want any part of this. But then there's this blind guy who's literally just, I'm going to take advantage of this because I'm blind, and I just want to be able to see crap. I mean, yeah, it's still messed up, but yeah, he just just wanted to see, you know. Yeah, he's literally just, I want to see so bad I'm willing to do this. We're not condoning what he did, by the way. (laughs) We're just saying we get where he's coming from. It's a much more believable motivation, Mm -hmm. you know, where he doesn't give a crap about it. And it's because, like, he's blind. He can't, he doesn't know what race this guy is. He just knows because of who the people are. He's black. He's literally just, I want your eyes, man. Like, I don't give a crap about your skin, your genetics. I just want your eyes. It's just kind of funny they threw him in there. And then he comes... Well, yeah, the, it, he gets hypnotized again. He knows, like, this is probably the end. And I didn't catch this, but this is really smart what he did. When the brother comes back in, mm. and he, you know, he unstraps him 
when he put the cotton from the chair yeah. in his ears to, to like, not it, be hypnotized, that was really smart. And I was not expecting that. It was a really nice touch because they kind of built up to the fact that, like, when he has nightmares about the time his mother uh, died, like, he gets this nervous twitch where he digs into mm -hmm. uh, the chair he's sitting in. So when he gets tied to this lead, like, kind of a leather plush chair, and he starts doing that, and then he notices that he does it. And he knows that it's the, the noise that puts him to sleep. He just kind of grabs the stuffing from it and just puts it in his ears. It's probably why he smokes, too. Mm. Just a habit now, and it yeah. makes him feel comfy. But, yeah, when he beats the crap out of the brother with that ball, it's like, okay. He should have triple-tapped that dude to make yeah. sure he was down. But now, I, I love how it goes from just this really eerie, uncomfortable thriller, horror thriller, and then it just, like, that moment, it's almost like it's the final... It's like the final girl in a, a slasher movie, you know, where it's they're finally fighting back, and you get the bloody kills, and like the, that's something I really enjoyed, which was yeah. just the way he killed everyone in the family, where he beats the brother's head in with a bocce ball, dude. Stab like, when he grits the buck off like the ball yeah. and puts those antlers right through Mister Armitage's throat, and he's just bleeding out. It's like yeah, that dude smoked. Yeah. That was a really cool, like, revenge kill. Really, yeah. yeah. I, I freaking... I, I love it when they use kind of, like, these uh, animals, uh, for taxidermied animals, f for kills. There was a slasher movie I watched where one of the kills was where they pick up the... The guy picks <laughs> up the girl and just, like, shoves... Oh, crap. <laughs> shoves her into a stuff, a mounted deer... And you just see, like, the antlers going through it. It's just, it's a visually interesting way to kill someone on screen. Yeah. And then finally, this is, like, probably the, well, actually, no, it's not the most important. It's up there, though, whenever he gets his revenge on the mother. Mm. And he goes upstairs, him and this mother lock eyes, and they both just see the teacup on the table. And he knows if she gets to it, he's gonna, he's, he's, he's screwed. He's done. He shouldn't have taken the, the cotton out. And he gets to it. Throws it up against the wall where it's broke. Stabbed the stabs his crawl until she's dead. I freaking love like she goes for the kill to stab him and he just like grabs her hand and the blade goes through it. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't care. He's like, you can oh. stab me in the hand. Yeah, and then he just kind of turns it back around on her and kills her with it. That was really cool. And then and then the all this comes time. Back. Rose is upstairs listening to music, scouting people to yeah. subdue, you know, NCAA subdue. prospects. Yeah. And he's about to leave, and the brother, this is really smart what he did, the brother comes and attacks him, and the whole time Daniel's trying to, like, open the door, and every time he gets a little open, the brother kicks kick it back. Close. Like, the third time he finally gets to it, and when the brother goes for the kick, he stabs him right in the leg, and mm -hmm. stomps his face in a couple times. Gets yeah. outside finally, takes the car, runs and over, driving down the road, hits Georgina, and this is where Garrett ruined a big part of for me. Hits Georgina, and then he's like, "Oh, I feel bad," because he had had like that, that moment where he saw her crying and stuff, you know, so mm -hmm. he felt like she was still there. Yeah, and then she still gets her, puts her in the car. And then Rose comes on the front porch and starts shooting in the car. She's like, Grandma. And I'm like, holy crap. That's 
Yeah. That line felt a little, like, forced, you know? I and, didn't... If you didn't talk, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Either, so. I don't know. I guess it was... It's an interesting part of the movie, but also, you're going to shoot at the car and then just go, Grandma. Yeah. And then they're driving down the road. Grandma freaks out, crashes the car. I think the, the grandma dies in the car, I said. Yeah. And then Daniel gets out of the car. She's... Rose is going down the street shooting at him. And then she goes, Grandpa, get him. And you just <laughs> see knife hand T-1000 just... <laughs> just chasing down Daniel. Tackles man to the ground. She's like, Grandpa, get him! <laughs> and... He's like, and then this is really smart what Daniel did. He pulls out his phone, snaps like the the flash photo in his mm-hmm. face, and he's like, and then he turns around to Rose. He's like, Rose, I want to do it. Gets a gun, shoots Rose. Then I think this is one of the best movies in the moment where this moments guy's original. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the best moments in the movie where the guy gets a gun after he shoots Rose, and like his consciousness is there, and he's like, I do not want to live in this sunken place anymore, as they yeah. called. I do not want to be controlled by this old man anymore. Just ended it. I was like, I respect yeah, he, that. He's dude. not like taking that chance. He just imagine. Like, I don't know how long that guy's been there too. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. You don't know how long he's been there, but he's been in this sunken place for at least three days. Yeah, which is still like hellish to imagine. Even more. Imagining, like, the grandpa died and put himself into this guy, like, a year ago. Imagine just being conscious and seeing what you're able to do but not being able to control it. And if there was any chance in your mind that that, your life was going to go back to that, you wouldn't want to go on. It's just, like, the the psychological torture that that guy must have gone through. I totally respect that. Because there was no way, like, he could have gotten his consciousness back, unless there was, like, another, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was just no way for that. Yeah, he didn't, he wouldn't want to risk it. It's just, like, being driven to that point is insane. Like, it's crazy to think about. But then, Rose is, this is how crazy Rose is, is after that she tries to, like, like, oh, Daniel, I love you so much, and all that stuff, he's like, no, I'm gonna choke you out. Then I got so scared when that happened. The cop car showed up, and mm-hmm. I thought it was the jerk cop from the beginning of the movie. I was like, no, this cop's just going to shoot him, and it's going to look really bad, and it's going to be one of those endings. And then it just opens up, and it's Rod, and he's like, yo. <laughs> I told you not to go in that house. He's like, hey, man, I told you not to go in there. That was so funny, man. Yeah. Um, that moment where she gets shot, Rose just, like, you see how psychotic she is. Because I don't think she's going, oh, Chris, I love you, baby, to save her life. I think she's literally just doing that to, to mess with him. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I know this guy's going to be effed up after all this. So I'm just going to I'm just gonna mess with him even more. She's like, Chris, baby, I love you so much. And he starts to choke and then, her out. Yeah. And she just starts to smile. She's just like... Like, she is a sadistic person. That was creepy. I was like, what the mm. heck? And then the cop shows up and she starts going like, oh my gosh, help me, this black man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's just, like, she's able to turn on a dime. It's just insane. Like, how many faux personalities she can just pull up. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rod was great in that movie. He was like, they're making them sex slaves <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. And he was like, when he goes to the agent, and he's like, hey, I think they are hypnotizing black folks and turning them into sex slaves. <laughs> and they just laugh at him. Rod Williams from the TSA. <laughs> Man, when he showed up in that cop car, I was going to be so sad if that cop killed and I really was, man. That that would have been a that been a bad ending, in mm. my opinion, because it would have just kind of went completely the other way, and it kills off your main character. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna kill off your main character, it has you have to do it in a specific way in order to make it work. Yeah, but yeah, and then what is it? Does it pan anything after that when him and Rod leave? I think they just drive off and leave her to die. Yeah. But so I guess we assume she's dead. Yeah, you see her breathe her last. She kind of like watches them go and then just kind of goes. <gasps> Was her brother dead too? I'm assuming so. He got his head caved in. I think that's pretty safe to say he's he's dead. Mm-hmm. We didn't see his head caved in though. We just saw him stomp his face. I don't know. I'm going to say he's dead. I, mean, I hope he did but... I'm gonna say he's dead. It's pretty safe to say. Dude got his face beaten in with a bocce ball, then got stabbed in the leg, and then got his face stumped. Yeah. And, but it was definitely a, like a good theater experience. Like there's certain movies where I could care less if I see it in theaters, but Get Out is not one of them. Like there, I think there's with every single movie there has to be a specific experience that works the best for you. So like a movie like. Like, The Breakfast Club. Going to a movie probably is not going to change that experience that much because it's just more of a laid-back, bunch of people kind of hanging. It's focused uh, focused on the dialogue and the characters. So it's not really one of those where, uh, visceral experiences that you have to go to a theater to fully experience it. But something like Get Out, you get to... Exp- I feel like you get to experience that uneasiness much more because you're in this confined area surround sound everywhere and it just feels like it's coming at you at all angles but if I watch when I watched it uh, at a friend's house it it's still effective but it's not you don't really get that feeling as much I guess so in the cut you watched before did the cop kill him no no it ended with uh, Rod showing up so I think that's the final ending they went with I think the original cut had the cop showing up and killing them, and you know, I could be wrong on that, mm. but but yeah, I think I bumped it down to eight. I think a solid eight. Mm. Uh, pretty good movie. A little bit of pacing issues, a little bit of mistimed comedy, but all in all, a good good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, probably my second favorite experience in the theater with a horror movie. I still freaking. I went to see uh, the Halloween remake in theaters. I skipped out on, I think it was, no, it was Homecoming. On the Homecoming dance to go see it. Um, And that was a very fun time. I went with two of our friends. And there's something about a slasher movie. Going to see, like, a fun, but, like, kind of creepy slasher movie with a crowd of people who are just, just as into the movie as you are. It just creates, like, this very fun experience. Because 
the type of audience we had were, were like the whole, oh, don't you go in there. Oh, no. You know, people who were just like super into the movie. And that type of audience doesn't work anywhere else except for a slasher, I think. Like, if we were, if I went to see Get Out and that was the kind of audience we had, I would have been pissed. Since it was a slasher, fun. Slashers are almost like just this breed of it's a fun movie to you watch just to just to see this guy going around and see how like creative they can get with the kills. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this was a really good experience. Very glad it was just the two of us because I feel like if there's more people, a you'd be pacing her. <laughs> Somebody would have spoiled it for me too. I feel like that's something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, but. No, I I think that movie put a lot of people on the map. Like, Jordan Peele is now a very respected filmmaker, and he's only made two movies. Um, and I, I, I personally don't like Us that much. I would probably give Us like a Did seven. he make Us? Yeah, he did Us. Um, I'd give it like a seven, maybe. Yeah, I wasn't as, as huge of a fan of it as other people. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Yeah, but um, he's still like a respected filmmaker with two movies, just based off of this one. And then David Kaluuya is now a Golden Globe winner. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he he's like that movie turned him in not a household name, but in film circles, he is a known name. Uh, and I would say even the same with like Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, but it, it's definitely a very significant movie for for just kind of following David Kaluuya, Jordan Peele. But it's also just a really well-made movie that deals with the issues of race without being, like, over the top, beating it over your head. You know, it it handles it. It, it has the message it wants to say, but it doesn't do it to the detriment of the story or of the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a mark of a good filmmaker, where you can have your message, but it's not message first. It's we have a story that inherently has a message to it. And that's the kind of stuff that resonates more with people over the years. People, there's certain movies that are message first. We're just going to stress our message that people don't talk about anymore. But there's a reason, like, how, why stuff like. Aesop's fables are still around today where you have the tortoise and the hare uh, the ants and the grasshoppers where people are still making telling stories based off of those simple principles where the story is good and it it has a message like imbued in it but it's not a story that is we're just going to tell you the message over and over again. It's an it's an illustration of the message, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, final score, I would give it. I'm I'm still on a nine with it. You would give it an eight. Eight and a half. <laughs> would you see us? Uh, maybe. How scary is it? I, think, I don't do scary stuff. This was. Hard I think it's for me. a bit. Yeah, I think it's a bit more horror focused, but yeah. it's not. It's still not like super scary. Like neither of these movies are the scariest movies for me. I get scared. You get scared. I mean, you were pacing back and forth. I get scared very easy. No, uh, I think it was really good. Um, yeah, nine out of ten. You give it a nine out of ten. Um, eight. Eight, and a half. eight out of ten. Eight, yeah, or eight, eight and, and a half, half somewhere in there. All right. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess one last mention. I just wanted to. I, I, I don't know. I, you might have been told already or you saw it, but uh, Golden Globes happened this past weekend. They were solid winners. I don't hold much stake in the Golden Globes because it's pretty much just, you know, whoever pays you the most or whoever just is like the Hollywood darling, you win. But it was funny to see that Rosamund Pike got the best picture win or best uh, actress winner after talking about it last week. Uh, and I watched it with you, and I know you and I had very similar feelings to it. I thought, I thought that movie was crap. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. I thought it was very mediocre, but I will say, I'm not mad at her win. I think she did a really good job in the movie. I just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not a bad actor. Her, her character is just so hateable. Yeah. It's like you don't want to reward that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, she did a really good job at portraying this character that I just do not like. But that yeah, might be. that's one of those hated characters, like for you. I mean, uh-huh. Outside of Osama bin Laden, like, I, don't, I wouldn't call him a character. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, um, yeah, uh, good conversation. Thanks for coming on, Clay. Um, yeah, adios. Dealing with me trying to set this crap up for an hour and me ranting about technology. <laughs> um. But yeah, thank you all for watching. I'm sorry if the audio is crap, and if it isn't, well, ignore the fact that I said that. Um, yeah, we are on YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, pretty much we are on. I think that is about all I have to say. My name is Garrett. Thank you for listening. Uh... Yeah, this has been the Cinema Lounge. Love you all.